Life Audio. We have a great episode today. We're going to dive in. I think uh, God's put some scripture on Chitty's heart, and we're going to really break that down. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Happy New Year. New on, year, baby. new gear, baby. We're going to fifth gear this year, baby. <laughs> 2023. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, man. It feels good. Jorian, Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys didn't see it, last week's episode was Meet Producer Jorian. He talked about his amazing testimony of God saving him from uh, buffoonery, actually. Saving him from... Uh, new age saving. He was actually trying to disprove God. Go watch it. He's trying to disprove Crazy, God. Man. So he started reading the scriptures. God used that to save him and change his heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And so it was amazing, really good episode. Uh, but yeah, man, this new year, uh, S2L, man, I'm just so excited for what God's doing. Even just this week, Yeah. a few days ago, as you're watching this, a few days ago on Monday, we actually opened our detox, mm. uh, medical detox. And man, if you have been following along or if you've been with S2L for a length of time, man, it is crazy to see what God's doing. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get emotional here in this first episode of the year, but uh, just from what God's brought us from, which has always been amazing, and we've always seen God moving and saving souls and breaking chains of addiction, uh, but to see Him. I don't know. We, when I came on with S2L, we had five staff members. I just counted. We have 43 staff and interns, 43 full-time staff and interns. Wow. And now we're opening a medical detox. And um, It's incredible. Yeah, we're I'm able excited. to serve that many more people. Yeah. And that's why it's such a big deal because the, the pool of people that we are, are able to serve now becomes even greater. Yeah, and, and we get to do it from all levels of care Yeah, uh, and and have our touch on it, have our – our biblical worldview touch on it from day one until they graduate and start yeah. their aftercare program. And that means a lot, man. Cause we, you know, a lot of times, <laughs> here we go. I was getting in trouble. A lot of times we almost have to reprogram people from what that we, they've learned and heard at detox that we partner with. They have to send them to some other detox or some other place. And it's just, it's antithetical to what we teach. And a lot of times it's antithetical to the word of God. And so having them here on day one uh, with expert and, and, very experienced medical care. Our medical director has 30 years of experience yeah. uh, in the medical field, over 30 years. And the nurses that are, came on board, they're all very experienced uh, nurses. And so to have a very experienced medical team on top of just our prayer team, and I don't know, man, it is, it is, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And other places, other Christ Center places have started reaching out since they've seen the video. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. We're going to, we're going to partner with people and talk with people about that. And so, yeah, I'm excited. New year, new gear, baby. It went from third to fifth. Mm, Come floor, on. All gas, no brakes, You ever baby. driven a stick shift before? Why? Is that bad? No, I'm just, not, I'm just asking. <laughs> is that not good acting? So I take it as a no, though. <laughs> I new have, year, new gear. You got to learn how to shift before you can get to a new gear is okay. what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you can shift a gear in automatic, too. But, uh, <laughs> I have driven a stick shift a few times. On like a virtual game? No, real life. 
and I'm pretty sure in their friend's cars, pretty sure that every time I did that, I burnt up a clutch. Yes. That sounds about right. <laughs> okay. Just from this, you just, my, just from my, my acting? first car was a stick shift. Okay. So I'm kind of a beast. It's not a big no. deal though. And we're not even going to talk about it on the podcast, but if we were, yeah, we won't just make know it a big that. Deal. Yeah, we're not going to. Hey, we have a great episode today. We're going to dive in. I think uh, God's put some scripture on Chitty's heart, and we're going to really break that down. But first, we're going to take our first commercial break. Um, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. And we're back. So, hey, you just, if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw our, our commercial for our detox that we were just talking about. Uh, it opened. The doors opened this Monday. Um, man, it's awesome. But, hey, let's dive in. So, God put some scripture on your heart, man. Yeah. Uh, especially in how it relates to just a new year. Walk us through that. Today, today's culture especially. So, yeah, this past week in church, man, uh, we are in the book of James right now, and we were discussing James 4. And it's so prevalent to modern-day American society. Mm. And it just really spoke to me and reminded me not only the mindset that God had delivered me from, but just the perspective and lens I now see life through mm. um, and through that lens of Christ, which changes everything um, and how he's changed my, my, my heart and renewed my mind. And um, man, this just reminded me of the life that I once lived. And now I can still get caught up in some of these things. Don't get me wrong, but God always brings me back to him each and every time. So I'm going to read the first four verses and let's just okay. part, uh, discuss that and then we'll read some more. So this is James chapter four, verses one through four, and it says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have. So you murder, you covet and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. Mm. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Mm. Just strong words right there. Ooh, and happy New Year. <laughs> what, it's, what it's talking about is a hedonistic society. And what yeah. hedonism means is the pursuit of pleasure for self, right? Sensual self-indulgence. And that's what this world markets 24-7, 365, everywhere you look is all about you, indulging in your self-gratifying, self-satisfying, sinful, lustful pleasures. Yeah. And it's all about you. You are God, and your whole main objective is to essentially be as good as you can be in whatever way or however that looks, and it's all about you. Mm. And I'll use social media as an example. 
and it's this catching up with the Joneses type mentality. You know, you see this person's relationship on Facebook or Instagram that just looks so perfect. And so what does it cause you to do in your own relationship? Well, now I'm ungrateful because it doesn't look like so-and-so and their relationships looks perfect. And so I want that. And since I don't have that, you what am I going to do? You cannot have. Exactly. So now, oh, well, I can I can just break up with this person, divorce this person and go find a new one because mm. that's what I deserve. I deserve happiness and my happiness gets placed over everything else um, that God has called me to in my life or even a sense of like um, coveting things that people have. You yeah. see this person on Facebook bought a new house. Well, man, now I become envious and now I become, you know, um, jealous of something that they have or whether it's a new car or whatever the case may be. And it's just this revolving cycle of my mind gets fixed on these temporal things things and what it does internally man is it pushes me from god and i focus on all these worldly things that have no eternal value they have no significant value in the spiritual realms and all i'm doing is spinning my wheels Mm -hmm. and it's because i'm focusing on these temporal things and these temporal things will never impact me eternally they will never have a spiritual impact on my life that pushes me towards christ all it does is these worldly things push me away from the lord yeah. And so instead of having that mindset, man, it's always good to focus on the Lord, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The things you're seeking in this world, you will not find. Mm-hmm. You'll find them temporarily. You yeah. will find them momentarily. You'll find them occasionally and seasonally, but those things will fade away. Yeah. The sure. happiness you seek, no, you seek biblical joy and that comes directly from the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not this temporal happiness that you truly desire. It's a joy, but that's only found in Christ. Yeah. And, and I think also just an, another thing about part of the reason we wanted to start this year off uh, on the podcast talking about this, um, this chapter, the scripture is, again, like he said, it's so pertinent today. And even even <laughs> I think I think marketing, I think um, commerce, I think um Whatever it is, they, they've got it right. They're playing on the fall, on yep. Genesis chapter 3. They're, they're playing on a broken people. They know that we are a broken people that are wanting and desiring to fill that brokenness, to fill that void. And so their job is to remind you of your brokenness, show you, hey, your life is in the dumps. But where they get it wrong is, is they say, it will all be better if you buy this product. Yeah. Not only that, but also our flesh tells us that. <clears throat> and inside of the covetousness and inside of what this is talking about and, and that the, what you desire, they, don't they come from your desires? And so there's quarrels among us. And man, I, I just think that, that we want to warn you of this. This is stuff that you have to know. But every radio, who listens? Uh, we all listen to the radio. But uh, commercials, TV commercials, mm-hmm. podcast commercials. Ads. Ads, all of this stuff is attempting to tell you how to fill that void, how to make your life easier. And what we want to remind you to start this year off is, no, you you come to the cross, right? Now, there's nothing wrong with trinkets and gadgets and things that that help and modern technology, right? Right. I'm glad that we're not um, on horseback, that the automobile was invented. I'm glad that airplanes were invented, so I'm not saying that. But when those things, when, when those things, those trinkets, those toys can make you extremely happy or devastate you, then you're not rooted, right? Yeah. If you begin to quarrel amongst a brother because of his positioning, his items, man, you're not rooted at the cross. You're not rooted in Christ because ultimately the Bible says, and I believe as we keep going, we're going to talk about submitting ourselves and things like that. 
Ultimately, the Bible says that ultimate joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of that comes from the Spirit of God, but yet we don't chase. We will work 60-hour weeks to buy a new car, a new mm. house, a new anything. It's crazy. But we won't spend an hour a day or whatever. It's crazy when you think about in it. In God's Word. Like that. Yeah. I catapult last week. I, I know Jorian was there, but I gave the example of, and I think I've given it in the past, you've probably heard it, where I, I pull a, a barrel out onto the stage, and in that barrel is a million dollars cash. And here's the objective. Every single person, you're in a contest. Whoever can read the Bible from page 1 to the end of Revelations, from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelations, Whoever does that first gets this million dollars. Not a single person in this room leaves until they've at least tried it, right? Yeah. They're brewing coffee. They're staying up all night. They're trying to read it. They're trying to read it however long it takes. And it's not for the goodness and the glory of God. It's not to find out more of who created it. It's not for daily bread. It's for a million. Now, what, what does that mean? Why? That's fact. I, I really believe that. There's not a person that doesn't try that. But yet, our eternal salvation, our... our, our, our um, our closeness with the Lord, as we're going to hear, draw near to God, right? Yeah. All of this stuff, God tells us that we need to be in His Word. He's left us His Word, and I'm rambling, but man, let's start this year off right. Yeah. And again, this is Friday that you're listening to this, maybe Sunday or whenever you're listening to this. It's not too late. Let's start the year off with the right perspective. The right perspective as in, let's chase hard after the Lord. You can have stuff, that's fine, but don't let stuff have you. Yeah, and then I just want to also comment on that you do not have because you do not ask. And what that's specifically talking about is asking for things in the will of the Lord yeah. for your life. You know, um, it says you ha you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. I think back in my life, and this is really even before I know God, but you know how we all throw up foxhole prayers. Like even the non-believer will pray at some point in time to whatever God that they can come up with. You you get to those points in life and. I think back to just like the prayers that I used to ask that were so self-indulging and just had nothing to do with God or anything like that. That was just self-fulfilling prayers that I would pray and praise God that he doesn't answer those, you know, praise God. He, only, he answers the prayers that are according to his will because he knows what is best for my life. Yeah. Oftentimes we pray for things that maybe aren't in his will right now and not even saying they're necessarily evil prayers, yeah. but Hey, maybe it's not what's best. He is our father. Yeah. The Lord knows what I need right now. My wants mm. and my needs a lot of times are drastically different. Yeah. And so although I may want something in this particular season, whether it be a wife or whether it be something else, that's not a bad thing. He created me for that. But hey, maybe right now is just not the time for that thing. And so I can't let that get me so frustrated and so distraught that, man, it takes my focus off of God and I place it on these temporal pleasures. It's like, hey, I know what his word says right there. You do not have because you do not ask. Therefore, he answers, he hears, he responds, he moves to things that are within his will for my life. Yeah. I can be certain that this will come to pass whenever he deems it necessary. Yeah. That's so hard. you can that's take hard. heart in that. That's hard for us, right? I mean, just because a lot of times I've been praying and I just, God never answers. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's been two weeks too. You never answered, but also knows, knows an answer. Right. You know? <laughs> no, it's not your answer, yeah. but, but uh, some, sometimes I think God yeah. for unanswered prayers. But I think another thing too, just to start this year off and it's really on brand, but it's really in there with what we talk about all the time, but it talks about what causes fights and quarrels among you. Hmm. So it's starting, I, I believe there's a call to unity here man, yep. for the church, capital C uh, staff meeting all the time. 
we're talking about, hey, man, we're really not worried about outside forces, people on the outside coming in and trying to mess with us at S2L. You know, th those attacks will literally only make us stronger. Yeah. But we're always warning. We're always warning. We're always trying to, to have a good view, looking in the mirror and, and having a purification of our minds that there's no cracks from within, right? There's no envy between us. There's no spite. There's no that we're handling issues biblically, right? We're not talking about someone behind their back. If you have an issue with a brother or a sister, it's going to happen. That's life. But you go to them biblically. If they don't hear you, you take someone else to them biblically. And if they still don't hear you, you bring them before the, the church, the, a body of people. Uh, and then that keeps going. It gives direction on how to deal with it. But it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Do they come from your desires that battle within you? So check your spirits. Like, like if we really believe from the rooms of recovery comes a revival of a nation, man, that's unity. Could you imagine? Like, I don't know where you live listening to this, but here in Middle Tennessee, in the state of Tennessee, there are a lot of churches, a lot, right? Yeah. And I think a, a few of the Bible Belt states, you could say, man, there's a lot of churches, maybe not where you live. But could you imagine that if the capital C Church united, denominations, mm. I mean, we just came into agreement, and we do, we, we agree on things, but if we just came into agreement, you know how powerful that force would be? Yeah. That would scare a lot of governments. Yes, it would. That would scare because we would be united. And well, what causes the division? Man, desires within us, quarrels among us. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Man, what if we what if we read Second Peter and it was like we can escape those sinful desires and we started to grow in these areas that, and go back and watch a curriculum and but you have to be intentional, man. You have to do the things that you say you believe as yeah. a Christian, right? We're not we're not beating up on non Christians right now, but as a Christian starting this new year off, if we believe and confess Christ crucified. Man, why aren't we doing, why wasn't there action, which I believe James talks about in James chapter 1 even, right? He says that we're, we're hearers of God's word, but not doers. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it goes into exactly what it says right there in verse 4. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Hatred you know? towards God. Hatred yeah. towards God. And it's like what the world refer, refers to in the New Testament is a society that's, that does not seek God, a society that does not pursue the things of God. It pursues its own selfish agenda. Yeah. So if you find yourself in that rat race, so to speak, of pursuing the things of the world, understand that you are in direct opposition of God himself. Yeah. And it's so it's very easy when you're able to see life through a lens of Christ when I can start doing that in my own heart, when that's the posture of my own heart, when that's my own agenda deep down, it's like, Okay, I can be mindful of that and turn from it because we can all get caught up in it momentarily. The difference is the Christian repents and yeah. sees that and can be, is able to come to the cross that much quicker yes. than just allowing it to consume you and just saying, oh, well, so be it. I'm just going to walk in this sin. Yes, and, and I don't think <laughs> – I don't think that that verse means that you in turn have hatred towards the world. The world's where God's put us to proclaim and regain territory for the Amen. kingdom of God. Yep. How much better it is is if to reclaim territory if you're not seen as uh, someone who, if you're not engaging in nonsense with non-believers. What I do believe that is is that hey, you don't begin to play their game. Yeah, like your measuring stick is not their measuring stick, right? Your idea of success is not the world's idea of success. Amen. Your idea of morals. 
is not the world's idea of morals. And you do that and you have that mindset unashamedly. But when you fall into that trap, and I've seen so many Christians do it, um, we'll step on some toes. Um, Living with your girlfriend. Having sex before marriage. Having, and, and I mean, hey, I'm not condemning. There's, there's repentance and there's forgiveness. But if you're living in that sin, because, man, honestly, doing marriage counseling at times and things like that, it's almost like I'm looked at like an idiot when I suggest, hey, y'all need to move out or I won't marry you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, they're shocked because that's just such that's, ingrained in, in it's just the Western world. culture. It's, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I mean, I'm using those in examples, not to step on toes. I'm saying repent, turn from that, and and press on towards the Lord. But it's those kind of things. Like, and eventually, <laughs> how much trouble you want to get on this episode, this first episode. I mean, eventually, <laughs> Christians are looked at bigots because we have different opinions, right? Yeah. We're, we're 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 set up to fail. But we can't fail. You understand that, right? We can't fail. We're, we win. It, it tells us that. We win. So are you going to press on through the persecution, right? The, the Bible tells us persecution's coming, but it also says, man, what an honor. The, the saints of old, the biblical heroes of our faith, considered it an honor to be persecuted for the name of Christ. Mm. But, I mean, we're going to a place where, you know, 20 years ago things are absurd to think about. The morals are absurd to think about. Man, I'm telling you, I think we're close to like things five years ago that if we don't get in line as Christians, we're going to call, be called bigots as well. Things like pedophilia. Yeah. Like, oh, no, that's, a, that's an illness. Yeah. That's just they have a desire, uh, and it's their brain. They, they are attracted to minors, and it's, wait, what? What? That's the insanity of the world, by the way. That's the insanity of the world. And if we don't lock in in five years' time, six years' time, that will be the norm in our culture. And the Bible's saying, hey, don't. If you fall into that norm, you have hatred, enmity with God because God's called us to a certain standard. Amen. And he's called us to regain territory, not in hatred, but we're not going to waver because the world's coming down on us and telling us to bow the knee to man. No, we bow the knee to the Father, so therefore we never have to bow the knee to anyone else. Amen. Let's Amen. take a quick break and come back. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll come back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. And we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. Read the, uh, first, read the next, read 5 through 10 now. 5 through 10, all right, yeah. I'll read that, but just the first paper, rock, scissors battle of uh, this year. We're not going to talk about that. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, verse 5, and I'm reading um, uh, from the NIV. 
Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the Spirit He caused to live in us envies intensely, but He gives us more grace? That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Hmm. Verse 7, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Hmm. There's so much there in that, man. Um, For me, something that that stuck out to me whenever I first started, whenever I first came to the Lord, um, I read that passage where it says, um, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And man, I used to, I always knew I was prideful, but I didn't know how my pride directly affected my rebellion against God. You Mm -hmm. know, I never saw it as such. I just thought it was a pride against other people. And then whenever I sought the Lord, I realized, no, my pride is directly against the things of God. Like what Ryan desires to do are in direct defiance to the way the Lord caused me to live. At least at that time it was. And, you know, through obedience and, you know, sanctification, obviously he's changing my heart and my mind. So it's not as much so as it was then. But man, my pride was my downfall. Like Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do things, especially when it came to my recovery. I want to do it my way, how I want to do it, the way I want to do it. I don't want you smothering me. I don't want you suffocating me. I don't want you telling me what to do. Like I will figure this out. I got myself into this. I will figure this out. And, um, it's crazy when I think back, like, man, if I'm not willing to humble myself and receive wise counsel and guidance from the men and women God puts in my life, I will never respond to the voice of the Lord. I will never respond to a nudge from God um, pushing me in this direction. I will never humble myself so much so to where I'm denying myself, picking up my cross and following him. I'm always going to do what's rational and justify some a way in which I want to, you know, benefit out of this situation or whatever the case may be. But humility is essential to not only continuing to follow the Lord day in and day out, but especially in finding freedom from addiction. Without humility, there is no freedom. There's just not. I want to talk, um, what does that look like? Humble, everyone understands what the word humble is. Everyone understands what you're saying when you say humility. But action points are, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, Uh, practical uses. What does that mean for you and your and I think humble, humbling yourself before the Lord uh, is just that. And I think we use somewhat religious language, not because we're trying to be religious, but that's just that's just how it is, and we can break that down. Like, hey, I'm humbling my will for his will. Well, what does that mean? I want to talk about that just for a second, just so we're clear in, in the first week of 2023. Um, if God says it, right, there's there's a way of living. There's a there's a conviction that the whole, if you're a believer, there is a Holy Spirit that dwells and is alive and at work in you. And a lot of times that, that that's a, that's a still small voice, not audible, but there's a thing called conviction where you feel dirty yeah. um, and you feel, oh, that was wrong. That was bad. Um, and I think a non-believer can have conviction. A non-believer can have uh, feel bad about doing something wrong, but that rolls in and of themselves. And it's probably like, oh, I did this wrong. I don't want the consequences. I don't want others to think of me wrongly to where his Holy Spirit conviction that if you hear it right as a believer and you don't make it about yourself like you always have, and it's, woe is me, 
I'm down, that you, you know that you sinned against the holy God and it was wrong, but then it clicks. Wow. Praise God for conviction. Like he loves me enough to say, come on back. You're, you're going the wrong way. Amen. Come on back. And then you repent. What is repentance? You, you just, you turn from it. You acknowledge it to God. God, I, I repent, God. I, I, I've sinned against you and you alone, and I don't want to do that anymore. God, give me the strength to press on. And then you press on, as, as the Apostle Paul said, that you press on, marching towards the goal. You don't dwell in this pit of despair. That's what humility is. It's repentance. It's knowing that your will a lot of times it's fighting against your own flesh because always, 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 because of Genesis 3, like we talked about earlier, we are bent, even as believers, we are bent to go towards our flesh and to try to elevate us as God, yeah. right? We're breaking this down. You never thought that. You never said that, but that's what it is. What's going to please me? What's going to give me the most recognition? What's going to make me the most money? What's going to give me the highest platform? So we're bent that way. And so humbling ourselves is what's going to glorify God. One of my actions is going to bring him glory, which I know is for my good and his glory. If you can humble yourself and know, okay, hey, there's nothing wrong with making money, nothing wrong with gaining at work. God's putting you in position. But if you're bent towards, hey, I'm going to do this for the glory of God, that's humbling yourself. And maybe that's not like, hey, I'm going to go. I don't know. I don't want to get Amen. too many examples. Even, even, I'll, I'll break it down even like practically yeah. with, with things I see at the lodge with guys and things that I saw helped myself. Yeah. Okay, you'll notice, like you were talking about, our inherent selfish nature. It's all about me, 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 me. Everything's about me. Yeah. You'll notice in, in, in a lot of guys who come through here, I was one of them myself. You know, it's like, okay, why are you always first to get your plate of food before everybody else? Sure. Why are you fighting for shotgun in the van every time we go somewhere? Why do you need the best chair, computer chair in the classroom whenever we go to the classroom? Why is that? Mm. And that uh, humility has a lot to do with that. If I can't humble myself in the daily task and the daily um, grind of things, how how will I humble myself to God ultimately, you know? And so I've challenged guys with that. Hey, man, I want you sitting in the very back every single time yeah. we go to church. Hey, man, I want you getting in a back row seat whenever we're in the classroom. Hey, man, I want you getting a plate last. And you can tell that that frustrates guys and aggravates guys, but it goes back to that selfish nature. Why would that aggravate somebody? Yeah. Well, because it's all about me. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I, of all people, have to sit in the back. Are yeah. you kidding me? Me, I got to get here the food longest. Last. I'm, I have the most right. seniority here. That's my seat. And it may seem small in nature, but but man, the principle of humility. Yes. Once you can fathom it and and you embody it and you embrace it, you're like. Oh, that makes perfect sense because yes. that impacts and influence influences the rest of my life as well. How I see other situations, how I behave and engage here, what I do and talk and how I act here. And so like it's that's just a small practical step in like humbling yourself. And then in verse seven, like it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, man. If I can't submit to wise counsel, guidance and instruction, like I said earlier, to men that I can actually hear with my own ears, that I can see with my eyes, that I can walk with. If I can't submit to their counsel and guidance, yeah. my brother, you're 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 fooling yourself thinking that you are going to respond to the convictions of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure you get it straight. It's not resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It's submit yourselves then to God. Mm, amen. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Uh, but just to kind of put a bow on that, and I don't know if you have more if we're closing no, out I here. No, I think we're, we're good. But, but to put a bow on that, it, let's say that you've never battled an addiction and you're listening. There are people that li yeah. listen. Um, I think uh, 
I was going to make up someone famous that said they listened, but I'm uh, just not on it today. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Shout out you Shot me a text. Yeah. Know? But people that, if you've never bought an addiction, the examples that he just gave are ridiculous. Yeah. Right? But let me just explain it to you. It's the, And if you really search your own heart, the men that come into our program are grown men. And they're very intelligent, right? There's been studies done that people that battle with chemical dependence are highly intelligent people. Amen. Maybe not book smart, but highly intelligent. And that makes sense for someone listening that has struggled with addiction. Because a lot of times you got to keep up with multiple lives and lies, yeah. right? You're this person to this person. You're this person to this one. I told a lie over here, which has to make sense over here. And you're keeping up with all this. So, so the studies show that they're very highly intelligent people. And so the in- examples that he's giving apply that to your life, whatever it may be. It's just a practice in humility and tasting that, you know, you don't have to, like whatever it is, maybe it's not getting in the shotgun or getting your plate first, but roll that out to you. And I would imagine that there's some very silly things in your life that you can humble. And that's not the ultimate goal. It's when you capture those things that you could just grab right at here, these little low-hanging fruit, Mm -hmm. if you can capture those and apply a discipline to it, it will literally change. Like the plate first. I remember I did stuff like that. Like when I was a student, I remember, I don't know that I actively was, I actively definitely wanted to be shotgun. I'm tall. I deserve it. Or I've been here now. I'm I'm actually the intern here now. Whatever it may be. But when you actually practice the silly, like getting your plate last or uh, serving someone. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like, uh, making a guy's bunk, not because I had to or telling anyone to, but just made his bunk and didn't even tell him that I did it. Man, that's serving someone. That's being humble. I'm putting them above me. That's a good practice to have because it enables you to understand what submitting yourself then to God is. Amen. To humbling your will, the words we used earlier, your will for God's will. It's practicing that, and it opens up things to you for that. Yeah. Final thoughts. Yeah, man. Um, the pursuit of pleasure, the pursuit of the world gets you nothing but darkness, death and sin. You know, you've got to submit yourself to God. You've got to consciously wake up each and every day and pursue the things of God. I say it all the time and I will say it till the day I die, especially if I'm in addiction recovery, man. The tenacity in which you relentlessly pursue evil and sin. Think about that. Like I will risk freedom, family, kids. Mm. I will pursue. I will relentlessly pursue evil for the, for risking yeah. all those things without even thinking twice. Yeah. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Ah, chasing God for forty two days, man. That's a lot, dude. That's a long time. Eighty four, dude. I don't know, but I am gonna seek Him relentlessly when I leave here. But now that it's my sole responsibility, ah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of do. It. It's like, man. Think about that just rationally yeah. for one second. Just rationally think about that in your own mind and be like, okay, why is that? Something has to drastically shift in the way I am chasing after the things of God. You know, I'm not too busy to get up and read the word. I'm not too busy to pray. Even though I may work Sundays, I'm not too busy to go to church. I can find a Wednesday service or a Thursday service. You do. I met with Pastor Mike Lee at Experience the other uh, Shut up, cu- couple weeks ago. Sponsored and man, he, he shot me straight and told me exactly what I needed to hear. And I told him I was struggling with certain things. And he's like, Ryan, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. But um, let me tell you this. You do what you love most in life. Yeah. And I didn't want to hear that about my sin. It's like, no, but, 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 you know, no, but I love Jesus. And I didn't say that, obviously. And it's what I needed to hear. He's like, no, he's exactly right. I am doing right now, currently, what I love most. And if it wasn't true, I wouldn't be doing it. 
And so that really helped me just evaluate my own heart, the posture of my own heart and really get serious about some things that I've allowed in that it's like, man, I don't stand for that, but I can't just not stand for it here. I have to not stand for it here and apply that to my life. So whatever way that looks like you need to submit to God, do it today. Today is the day that you submit to God. Yeah. And if it's not processing, I was going to end it right there, but you triggered something. And if it's not processing what he's saying, again, I'll speak to the one maybe not struggling with addiction. If it's not processing what he's saying, because he's talking about, he gave other examples, but someone in addiction will risk their own freedom, driving drunk, mm-hmm. buying illegal drugs, stealing things. They'll risk family, they'll lie to things. And that's so self-centered. Well, then someone hadn't gone through an addiction or something. Oh, well, it's a disease. Yeah. They can't help it. Well, what about this? What about when you have an affair in your wife? Is that a disease? Mm. Uh, what are you risking? You're risking the stability of your entire family for what? Your fleshly sexual desires. What about this? I'm working 70 hours a week. I don't know my daughter's favorite color. What are you risking? Your family knowing things for what? Your love of money. Yeah. That's what's got you. That's not that, that's what we're saying, guys. You could translate that this isn't just for addiction. This is for you growing closer. A new year in a new gear, baby. Come on. Put it in gear. All gas, no brakes, man. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> From the rooms of recovery right. comes a revival of a nation. And let's go, baby. And and but when you do those things, when you have when you practice those silly, I'm gonna sit in the back. When you practice that stuff, when you practice humility. When you practice these seven principles and you're growing in sanctification, you no longer want to risk things for your own desires. You'll, you'll mess up sometimes and you repent, but it's like you're seeing God for who he is. And you see like you almost want to get violent against that temptation, right? It's like I give that example of someone kicking the door in at 3 in the morning all the time, right? Yeah. And I, someone's kicked your door in at 3 in the morning and your family, they're going to kill you and take your family. What do you do? And it's like you get violent against that human. Amen. You don't play games with them. Well, that scenario was told to me by my father-in-law, and that was about uh, temptation towards women. Like you don't get violent against the woman, but the very thought of lusting and not repenting and that David moment where he he should have been, that can ruin your whole family. And so as you grow and you sanctify in that man, you start to see them as threats, sin, not people. You see the sin of your own flesh because the woman didn't do anything wrong. Me lusting after the woman. It's me. Yeah. Instead, of, instead of it being like, I want, it's like, Adam, die to your flesh. And as you sanctify and you love the Lord more and more, man, that's what you'll get. If you practice these practical things we're talking about, if you dive into his word, if you, if you don't quarrel among each other, if you make peace and you read his word, dive into his word this year, that, my friends is life after addiction. And you better believe it. Come on. New year, new gear, baby. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L dot net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit S2LRecovery.org. That's S, the number two, LRecovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. 
If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.